Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Frank Film Club, take one. Hello, everyone. Happy Halloween to you. I hope you're having a very spooky week. Welcome back to Frank Film Club. This is the film club where anything goes and everyone is welcome. And this week on Frank Film Club, I've been tasked with picking the Halloween film, which is scary in and of itself because I'm not a huge horror or gore or spooky film kind of person. I'm actually very scared of stuff like that. But then I realised that I'm really into this genre bend in horror, but is it horror that Ari Acer is so good at doing? So I picked Midsummer. I first saw it in the cinema and was entranced by everything. And then I watched it again on Netflix recently. And um, I gotta say the second view is actually very interesting. Just watching, watch the walls. Um, so what did you all think? I adore this film. Um, it's like a great daylight take on a scary film and it kind of like switches the genre on its head. Um, really love Florence Pugh, really love Ari Aster. Um, and I agree, the second watch, I feel like I actually discovered a lot more. There's a lot of, uh, it's just entertaining um, multiple on multiple watches. And I love when a film kind of goes deeper that way. So it's, uh, it's a great, great movie. Well, I've only watched this film once and I watched it with Maisie <laughs> and it was like, I'm not a massive horror fan, but I do, I did actually love this film because I think just the characters were like so fleshed out and just the story felt a bit more believable than a lot of horrors where it's just like, scare, scare, scare. As much as it did make me really sweaty the whole way through. <laughs> I I just thought it, it was great and I did really enjoy it. <laughs> First of all, why was I not invited to watch this? <laughs> Second of all, I'm kind of glad I wasn't there if you were sweating. <laughs> so so we were preparing for a, sh for a short film shoot at the time and it, it was like an evening after we'd been doing stuff and we were like, should we just watch it? And we were like in this bed together, <laughs> just like on a laptop. It was a very weird setting. Um, uh, so, so yeah, sorry, that's why I weren't invited. No, um, I love it. Thank you for, thank you for painting that picture. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, right, so that's great. I would really like to ask you girls what you thought the genre was. Like, did you see this as a pure horror film? Because I've, I've read some, some bits from Ari since watching it and um, it's just so interesting hearing his take on genre. So 
yeah what do you see this as yeah that's that's funny you say that I hadn't realized that there was like any kind of mixing but that I did I feel like when I was watching it with some horrors you're like constantly on edge thinking that something bad is going to happen but I do feel like it eased out um in in time so that I wasn't constantly on edge which is really good also it was kind of funny sometimes not like hilarious I don't know it was just a bit weird in a funny way yeah I feel like it's like a horror in its bones but then I don't know the characters and the setting um and the story really uh pull it away from that but it's still kind of edited in the same way even though um it's got like a much more interesting narrative than like a typical horror film it's like actually got like a sort of drama like story running through it um versus like just trying to get away from something scary or or whatever well i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it in a second but when you were just talking i was just thinking do you think that maybe that might be something to do with the fact that it's really light a lot of the time kind of but then whenever it got dark, I know that that was like frightening. Well, it frightened me a lot as well. But <laughs> what were you just going to say? It frightened poor Lowry. <laughs> poor sweaty Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I'll, um, I'll explain what Ari has uh, thought of it as. So um, he likes to think of it as an adult fairy tale. Um, but he also doesn't consider it a horror he says that the horror might be the codependency between the two main characters, but he doesn't see it as a horror and he sees it a bit like a dark comedy. Well, Lowry called it. Well, no, I feel like I kind of get that. I mean, it's like a really dark comedy. <laughs> Pretty dark. But I do kind of get that. I think because of his last film, people wanted to call it horror because that was pretty horrific. And this was too, but I do agree that it was definitely entertaining in a in a more traditional way. Uh, whereas the last film, I mean, it was entertaining, but it was yeah, it was painful, <laughs> really painful. Did, what? What? How did you feel at the end? You know that those last shots with yeah Florence and the burning bear and all that stuff. How did you feel? T- to be honest, like. The score and the way that it builds and the way that that whole end sequence is shot, like, chills, goosebumps, always. And this first time I watched it, the second time I watched it. But I will say that I I was, I still am a little bit confused. Yeah. I, just, just as why, like, well, well, not really why. I know why he's like an awful person, but just like at what point was that going to be the end of them all? And when did that get decided? And was that decided before they even got there? Or yeah. And I loved the smile and I loved, I like, I loved the way it made me feel, but I was still kind of like, I felt like maybe it's just me missing something. No, I'd, I'd agree. There's still, que- there's still a few questions. Well, I think they they bring them all there. It's like they like they they send the the young people in the village to go out and bring people back. So maybe that is part of the plan from the beginning. Is that there's going to be a May Queen? They're going to sacrifice these people, and that's always the plan. Yeah, totally. But did you laugh <laughs> at the ending? I mean, I've heard him say this in a couple of interviews that he wanted people to laugh at the ending. I do remember thinking at the end that I was like, huh. 
most endings to a horror film, I am at the point where I just like can't watch anything anymore. I'm just like so done with the film because it's so such hard work. But with this film when we got to the end I was like I could I could actually watch it without a hand over my eyes but also I felt that it was a bit more complete than some other horror films are because sometimes I think it's like you see the thing that's scary and then it's kind of ruined the rest of the film because it's not there wasn't it wasn't scary for scary's sake it wasn't there to like just make you feel a certain way like one way which is scared it, there's a lot more to it it's like suspenseful yeah exactly the reason that i think it does still feel like horror and you still kind of call it as a horror is because of that opening i think the opening is so scary yeah with like the the suicide and and murder um that is a terrifying opening and that is very horror like and then after that i think it kind of you could then say yeah maybe it's a dark comedy but I think that opening is still very horror. Well, it throws you off because you go through so much at the beginning. There's that. Then there's when he answers the phone to her and she's like, ah! Oh, yeah. Awful. Oh my God, it gives me shivers. So then you've got that. And then all of a sudden they're in this really strange land and they take some mushrooms. And then you're on this weird ride from there. So it goes through lots of different things before you get to that point. It's like I almost feel like those more suspenseful and like um, horrific moments or the editing or the sound or like whatever it is. It's like not to scare you, but it's like pay attention. Like something is about to happen. Like it's not really to be like this is a terrifying film, but it's more just to like put you on edge. So as the next thing you see, you're like, "Ah, I don't know how to feel about this. And like they're jumping off that thing and you're like, is it good? Is it bad? I don't really know. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Ari came on to this film. Um, he was commissioned to write the script, actually, after a Swedish production company read Hereditary. So I think it was before Hereditary came out. They read it. They commissioned him to write a film script about um, folklore, Swedish folklore. Um, and then A24 got involved later on, I think. Um and he was going through a breakup at the time that he was writing the script. So he just married the two things together. Um, and it's about, yeah, codependency and um, and all of those things mixed in with this absolute nightmare. But something that I thought was really interesting was, um, I think Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner's characters, their relationship is so fleshed out and interesting. And there's actually a director's cut, which is, I think maybe like an hour or 45 minutes longer um and it's really good if you get the chance to watch it because it it goes into their relationship a little bit more there's just a bit more of a back um not backstory but like there's just a few different moments which show their dynamic a little bit better but something i really liked that ari did was um which we should definitely do if we've got two characters that are like in a bit of a terrible uh, relationship is he improvise with them obviously they knew what the characters were when they came on but before they started rehearsing the scenes they um Ari acted as their therapist and they were in couples therapy so they knew what the tensions were but then he was like um counseling them as they were a, a, a couple in therapy which I love that's so good yeah so you like the things that you need to do to make this better rather than just enjoying 
saying the like horrible lines to each other or like avoiding each like trying to make it work and you really get that especially when like she doesn't want to take the mushrooms and like he wants to be settled first and then he's kind of like okay like I'll do that as well and how it's very realistic I think it's very well done yeah that's so interesting you can you can see that I that's what makes a good writer director I suppose is um you're asked to tell a story about a very like clear subject but then you actually have to find like a narrative within that versus like you know that you have to find the journey that the audience want to live through and want to engage with and that is ultimately this like breakup relationship you know versus like actually sort of learning about folklore etc although that was really interesting too um you ground it in something that is something that would happen in like a normal world and actually something that you know if you're in this situation in this really weird place that should be on the back burner really guys like (laughs) there's there's (laughs) other things that are at play here that are probably a bit more important than than you potentially breaking up you know he is such a dick Christian (laughs) (laughs) he actually is like he's so horrible the Uh, relationship was really triggering yeah it was it was just so real I know Jack Jack Rayner was so unbelievable in this and I really hope that he hasn't um like I can't remember the actor's name who played the bad guy in Titanic but like once he did that he did it so well that like he really struggled to get kind of like leading guys again because people just could like they just just hated him so much and I just I hope that that doesn't happen to Jack because he did such an incredible job but like yeah it's like people struggle to separate that you know from from him as like an actor being very versatile but apparently it was exhausting like the whole film in general was just like emotionally draining to make which I'm intrigued to know why exactly well, I, I can kind of understand why, because it's a fucking weird film. But also, it shouldn't... It, I don't know. For it to actually affect you emotionally as a person on just on a job, that's pretty mad. I've got some midsummer facts for you. Ooh. I really wanted to know what midsummer or midsummer is actually all about. Um, so it's inspired by Swedish myths and customs and folklore, which makes you worried about the Swedish population. <laughs> um, so the word Haga, which is what the village is called, is traced back to fairy to a fairy tale, which is about villagers dancing themselves to death when the devil comes to their village. Oh, God. Which. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is the moment where you're like, oh, shit. When the older people get pushed off the... uh, yeah they don't even get pushed is it they just no they they just step off jump yeah oh my god horrific it's just that they do it so horrifically because like then when the woman is like the woman's like oh no 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 like we it's it's like a beautiful thing it's so that we don't like have a shit end of our life but it's like all right don't like hammer your friend's head in it's a bit grim like probably better ways to do it It it's so funny like i'm like it's not that scary lowry it's not that scary and then like that happens and i'm like i just can't keep defending this movie (laughs) you can't i could you just it's one of those things you just can't look away though 
I cannot look away. But it was, oh. Anyway, right. So it comes from the Atastupa tradition as depicted in the film. So it's a tradition called Atastupa. Um, as depicted in the film, it's a way for the elderly to unburden the community from the need to take care of them and to continue the circle of life. And some academics suggest that this sacrifice occurred centuries ago. So it's rooted in something. I mean, yeah, I I get it. I No judgment from this end. I get it. If that's what you want to do, I probably won't watch, but I support you. <laughs> 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 I thought we could talk about um A24 which is such a like little film cult <laughs> type of production company. I see loads of memes about A24 and how people are obsessed with it and it's equally made me obsessed with A24. So um and obviously, Ari's made uh, Hereditary and um, Midsummer, and he's now making a film called Disappointment Boulevard, which is a four-hour horror comedy. <gasps> oh, my God. With my favourite actor, Joaquin Who? Phoenix. Oh. <sighs> when I tell you, I cannot wait for that movie. I can't wait. And Meryl Streep. Four hours. Four hours. Four hours of pure joy. Oh, my sweet Lord. So what do you think it is about Ari and A24 and what they're doing together that works so well in this new, like we spoke about genre earlier, but but what what is it? Like, why is this so special? Yeah. So we, so we like spoke to A24 a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah, they're big. <laughs> but, they, but it just sounds like they're really good at finding filmmakers and that they're more filmmaker driven than film driven so like they'll find a really interesting filmmaker or they'll probably come to them really and they'll like decide on them um and then they kind of give the filmmaker free reign kind of free reign as much as you can do and then it obviously just pays off like they've just got really good instincts by the sounds of it i think they're also very good at marketing and distribution like that was how the company kind of started and you know there's like obviously working with ex like extremely talented people um but also like there are a lot of not so creative uh, avenues to making your movie be kind of like a cultural moment um, and there's certain ways that you can kind of do that through marketing and t like targeted ads and you know just branding uh, that is a huge huge part of what they do also um, but then one thing that I have just sort of realized in this conversation is if they're very filmmaker focused and they let the filmmaker do whatever they want to do. Why was there a separate director's cut? Mm. That is true. Because that's usually a sign that the director wasn't, not offended, but just sometimes that they like, they wish that they could have said it differently. And so they release it again differently. Well, I, so I listened to an interview with Ari about the director's cut and from what he was saying, it wasn't that he, it wasn't that there was like creative choices that he wasn't able to make in the um, the cinematic release. 
um it was more that he wanted to make he he just has a lot of uh ideas that he wants to put in and you can't release that in a cinema for it to be like marketable so it wasn't like a bad blood situation from what from what i gathered it wasn't like a creative choices thing it was more like like i said like with the relationship between florence Pugh and jack Rayner's character there was just extra moments in there which actually when you watch director's cut you can understand why they were taken out because they don't mean anything to the story actually being pushed forward but it just gives you a nice bit of like texture to their to their relationship but it's it's just mad with a24 that they've got this thing that people are like oh the next a24 film is coming out i feel like what other production company uh, you don't disney film you might get excited about but you wouldn't yeah and also like you you might do if you're like into films and like the production of films and be the kind of like have your production companies that you like but like a24 is like a household brand it's like nike or something like people just like know them and love their films um even if they're not like filmy people which is just so rare it's quite amazing what they've Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And now it's time for In, in the, the club. club. And now it's time for In the Club, where we hear from you, our film club members who have watched the films alongside us and have questions of your own. We'll be answering a few now that have been sent over to us for this film midsummer. But if you want to get involved in the club in the future episodes, make sure you keep an eye on our Instagram, which is at Frank Film Club. We had so many great questions and just comments really about midsummer. It divides opinions a little bit, but on the whole, I think people love it and um, felt the same way as us. So I'm going to shout out a couple of the questions here. Um, Swara Ramswani has said, do you see the end as a girl boss moment for Danny or the height of occult manipulation? I do kind of think both. Well, you know, when we were talking about the, um, how Ari wrote the film that he was writing or he was tasked to write this, uh, a Swedish folklore film, but then he mashed it in with a breakup because he was, yeah, a breakup movie. It's both. He's tied them both into the end. Definitely. I don't want to say, 
I feel like if Danny has been manipulated, like I, I don't think that it was like unwilling and I don't think that she's unaware of what's happening. So I wouldn't call it manipulation because I feel like she, I, I think that she knows what's like going on at the end. And she's like, this is my life now. What do, else does she have left? You know, like she, this is like, I, I, I see it as, I guess, I hate that a girl boss moment, <laughs> but it is kind of a girl boss moment. Like I, I, I think that she's fully in control at the end. And I don't think that she's just like some un, like witting, unwitting, I don't know the word, but I, I, yeah, I don't see it as that. I see it as her fully in control, especially at the end, more so than the whole film. So you see her in control of boyfriend situation, but also in control of her life situation. Like she's like, this is my life now. This is my family now. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I get from it. And that's what I want to feel. At the end, I want to go, I don't have to worry about this girl now. She's going to be fine. Yeah, I get that. Well, yes, I, I think that's a nice thing to think that she's like found her place and found some sort of community that's really nice but I feel like she's literally she's broken she's like pushed to the absolute edge and she's just like right whatever the fuck I don't care like let's just do it I don't mind anymore like I my life's not anything anymore yeah like similarly to what you said with at the end she's like doesn't have anything else so why not this be a thing so yeah I think that's a really interesting question because I've watched a lot of cult documentaries um, and it does, I mean, without stereotyping, seem to be vulnerable people who have gone through trauma who buy into certain practices that are strange and cathartic without, yeah, in different ways. Um, There's this TV show called Stateless and it's just remi- that question's just reminding me of it. The woman is like totally vulnerable, and she ends up getting taken on this wild ride with the guy. Who's the actor? Dominic West is like this sort of like a cult leader, but not really. And she's a mess, and she just gets like pulled into this weird situation. So I feel like if you're, yeah, maybe a vulnerability where you are looking for a home, she's just lost her family. So. Okay, Mackenzie Daly. I think we heard from Mackenzie Daly last time, did we? Yeah, I feel like that feels familiar. Hi, welcome back, Mackenzie. Mackenzie asks great questions. So um, (laughs) if you all watch this with men, how did they feel? My boyfriend didn't understand. I didn't. I watched it with Maisie. uh, But I have, uh, my cousin told me to watch it, who is a man. And he was like, that film was so West. Laurie, you Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> He's like, Laurie, that's the type of film that you'd like. Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he was just like, didn't have a clue what happened. But in a good, but in a good way though, did he say that like, it's, it's so West. Because... <laughs> West. <laughs> that it was good or like are you like weird films that you um like it? i think it was more that i like weird films i've actually when i when i told my friend that we were doing midsummer she was like oh my god what the hell that is like the worst film in the world 
I was like, what? Oh no. I was like, just listen to the episode that we put out about the podcast because you'll understand it then. Did you watch it with Warren? Yeah, I did. Um, but he has the same taste in films with me. What What did he, what was his like prognosis of like their relationship? I don't think we actually spoke about the relationship to be honest with you to be honest with you it wasn't really something that I fully picked up on until the second watch well that's what I I feel like whenever anyone has spoken about Midsummer, I didn't know that it was a breakup film and I just you never talk no one ever talks about the break about the relationship it's just about the horror that is so true actually now thinking about it we watched it in the cinema the first time we watched it and then we watched it at home the second and and third time that we watched it and when we came out of the cinema we were talking about obviously the horror the gore and all of the shocking things that happened we were also speaking about drugs quite a bit because things like moving and all of that stuff um but we didn't really speak about their relationship And now it's time for our first ever guest on Frank Film Club. As we said in our first episode, we'll be answering your questions, but we're also going to be inviting guests from the films. And this time we have Danny, aka Florence Pugh. We sent our burning questions to her and some of yours as well. The first question we really wanted to know was, what was it like wearing the May Queen dress and what challenges did that bring up? So um, the one amazing thing about the dress which also posed one of the biggest challenges was that it wasn't real flowers. They were all, I think, handmade, but they were all artificial flowers. And uh, they were all placed on it, obviously, by hand, but they all had wires on the inside of the casing. And the reason why that posed a challenge was because it made it heavy, really, really heavy. Um, Obviously, if it were real flowers, it'd be heavy too, but uh, they um, all stuck together underneath like this green mesh there was this green mesh underneath and then underneath the flowers I wore a massive body crinoline so from head to toe I had to put on um this very very long very large crinoline that started shooting out from roughly about where my rib cage was that's where the first crinoline started busting out so a lot of the weight of the dress was on my shoulders they had to create um some sort of like skeleton on my shoulders so that the weight wasn't directly on them um so this structure had to be put on first and i'd say to get in the whole dress from start to finish it was about 15 minutes um and so what we would do is obviously if we just had a break if we had a camera break or if we had um a turnaround i would just stay in the dress uh because it would be so much easier um so i put on the structure and then we'd put on the dress and it would honestly take about four to five people putting on this dress because it was just so heavy and when the dress was sat on its own without me wearing it it had to be um stuffed so that it didn't all fall apart and it didn't all start creating different shapes so they had to put um anything underneath it or in it to keep the shape so uh bin bin bags that were filled with paper all of that kind of stuff it had to be stuffed whilst i wasn't wearing it um and then when i was wearing it it only looked perfect obviously when i was standing so anytime i'm sitting it's also been stuffed by clouds basically by by bin bin liners and and anything that that helped like cushions for example the one really cool thing that I loved about it was it made all of my veins in my neck pop because it was just like pulling a weight whilst also trying to scream and cry. 
Um, so it was, it was like dragging a wet dress, essentially. I think it's so interesting. I, at the end of that shot, you see her neck straining. I mean, it looks all character, but that is brought from also that incredible dress. Do not envy wearing something like that. It must be so difficult. Yeah, it only added to the scene by the sounds of it. Time for the next question. We asked Florence, how did the shoot affect you emotionally? Because it's such a harrowing film. How was it? It was, I think for all of us, one of the hardest movies we've ever had to shoot. Um, partly because we were shooting in really, really hot temperatures. It was really hot in, in Budapest. We were shooting the outskirts of Budapest in Hungary and um, we were in a field for three months and the whole village was built in the field and we were shooting peak summer. It gets really, really hot in Hungary and we were shooting in three different languages. Um, like, you know, crew from everywhere, cast from everywhere. Uh, it, it was just one of the most, it, to, to achieve the film that, that Ari wanted to achieve in the time that we had to achieve it with the people that we had to make it with was just like, it was a, it was a mountain to climb. And every single day we were kind of like going into battle. It was, it was the most, uh, it was the, the hardest, but the most the most amazing payoff. Like, it, I, I've never been a part of a, a process that expected so much of everyone. And then when it was done, we actually did it. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was so fun though. And the people that we met on that job, uh, I have connections with for the end of time, including all the girls that I did that crying scene with, all of those women. We did this, you know, bizarre scene where we're screaming in, in each other's faces and, and we're crying and holding hands. And when we left that day and that scene took, a, I mean, we, we did that scene about eight, nine times, which was exhausting, obviously, like absolutely exhausting. And when we came out, I remember we all just had a hug and we looked at each other, very aware that we had just kind of bonded over the most bizarre thing, but that we would be connected forever, even if we never saw each other again. Um, so it, it created lots of those relationships. And despite it being obviously an absolute mission to make, it made us all really appreciative of each other. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the most emotionally challenging films I've ever done. I know that that's probably the same for all the other cast as well. Um, and uh, and we're probably all still getting over it now. But yeah, no, it was it was a shoot, and the crew went through it as well. It was a it was a beast. Um, but bloody hell, we got something pretty out of it. And then obviously you finish filming. And uh, I, I went straight on to Little Women, which was actually the best boost of serotonin that I could have had. But yeah, it does, it has a, it had a toll on me. We need to protect actors at all costs. That is really worrying that it would have a lasting effect on somebody. It does sound like going on to um, Little Women, it's like the movie that you want to watch after you've watched Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. to help you recover <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah absolutely there needs to be support for these incredible performances yeah yeah the final thing we really wanted to know was about the therapy sessions which Ari would hold for Florence and Jack 
So we asked her to see what sort of things that they would get up to during those rehearsals. So the uh, therapy sessions were actually really interesting. I really am terrified of rehearsals. And it was interesting because Ari asked of us two exercises. He wanted to do therapy sessions with us in character. And he wanted all of us to go out on this bonding cooking course um, in character. And he wanted us, the moment we left the hotel, we'd all get in a bus. And from the moment we left the hotel, we were in character. And it was it was the all of us, it was the main core uh, friendship group that all did this exercise. Um, and I found both of them really scary, partly, you know, the same as my last voice note. I was really scared about that feeling. I was really scared of being um, that... Uh, delicate that sensitive that uh that terrified of um of actually processing what had happened to her family um but in the therapy session uh he kind of he asked us questions like essentially how would that make you feel and um uh he kind of put it on on Jack, he was asking Jack more questions like, Jack, this must be a really tough situation for you to be in. And, and um, you know, and, and Jack, how does this make you feel? Do you feel, do you feel stuck? Do you, all of this stuff, which kind of already started leaning towards the storyline uh, of the film, which was great because I felt uh, quite hard done by in those conversations. Um, and Ari obviously is the most amazing person to ask questions because he has all of that in his head. And all of these things are either slight scenarios that he's witnessed in his life or scenarios that he has been writing for the last however many years. So he knows everything about these characters. Um, so it was interesting kind of like him pushing us in these directions where we would then discover that also. But yeah, no, it, the, the therapy session ended up with Jack shaking and uh, crying. And um, and when we finished, I don't think it, I don't think he realized that he was going to probably take it quite so seriously. Um, but it was very cathartic, obviously. I always think that bonding exercises are really helpful. I, I just think you can see it, but I've not ever done one where they've been in character before, especially when there's so much tension in the group as well. So love that. Okay, any final thoughts on Midsummer? More of a question, but there was a lot of breathing in it. And I just wondered... Well, <laughs> I can hate it when people breathe in films. <laughs> and it was ticking me right <laughs> off. <laughs> but just sharp inhales and exhales and they drink and they go, <sighs> what does it mean? Did you find any patterns? Because I couldn't. But I just wondered if... Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I was also very intrigued. It's also like a cool thing. Like if you've watched it, it's like one of those like inside things that you can do with your friends if you watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> but you all know. <laughs> but I, I don't know what the significance was. Unless it's, it's that something to do with like the whole thing where like, if someone was feeling something they'd all kind of feel it with them and if they were crying then everyone cries and I don't know why the breathing would have much to do with it but I feel like it's something within that realm of things like they're sharing the spirit of like what's happening yeah 
they're all one they're like a community they are in this like circle of life thing with the sacrificing and the dying and the yeah it's like when you go to meditation or yoga you all breathe together and it's all like community vibes god it's a slippery slope isn't it i need to stop doing yoga So that's it for this week's Frank Film Club. I hope you enjoyed. Next week, we will be back on Wednesday. Uh, We're going to be watching Limbo, which is directed by Ben Sharrock. It was released in 2020 and you can watch it on Mubi. It stars Amir El Masri and he's actually going to be joining us on the podcast, which is very exciting. Um, So get watching and join us for more chats next week. Bye. This podcast was presented by Wrapped. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.